0: Uh, with me today, we have Shahar Vaknin. Shahar is Hunters threat hunting team leader. He's five years in, in the cyber industry and started his way as a researcher in the IDF. Shahar was actually in charge of the Log4Shell research uh, in our customers' environments. We also have Alon Slotky. Alon is a product manager at Hunters. He has 17 years of experience in software engineering and cybersecurity research. Uh, Alon was in charge to make sure that our customers know how to defend themselves and to use the product properly. Uh, Guy Agev uh, is with us here as well. Guy is Hunter's cloud research team leader. Uh, he's also, like Shachar, had an experience uh, as a researcher in the IDF. Guy was in charge of developing detection methods for the log for shell vulnerability. Uh, so to just get us, start, get us started, um, can you please, can you guys please provide a background on recent events on the lockshell uh, timeline and uh, just take it from here?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm sure uh, as everybody who joined us today know, already um, we are in the midst of a very serious uh, cybersecurity incident. Um, maybe probably one of the worst uh, we've known uh in in some time. Um it starts uh on last Thursday uh when the vulnerability um was public publicly disclosed to Apache. Um actually it was privately disclosed about uh last month uh and uh but this Thursday was publicly disclosed and an uh, exploit was also disclosed and um since then we're seeing a huge spike in uh, cyber attacks. Uh, basically, uh, we're seeing this uh, with all our customers and our reports are saying basically every organization uh, in the world right now is uh, is being attacked. Um, I'll say a few words uh, just to begin with on why this is such a, a, a major and uh, critical uh, incident. Um, so this, this vulnerability received uh, the highest uh, score possible Um, maybe it should have received an even higher score for for these special cases. Um, And there's a few reasons for that. And I'll I'll, I'll touch uh, two major reasons. And uh, the first one is that um, the vulnerability is in in an open source package that is hugely popular, um, log4j, which is probably basically being used in almost every Java application in the world uh which makes thousands or i don't know tens of thousands or millions of applications uh, vulnerable and uh the second reason is that um the exploit is also super easy to to exploit so basically almost everyone on the internet can can make their own uh, cyber attack um and we are indeed seeing uh thousands of uh, uh scanners on the internet uh scanning the the, the internet and trying to, to exploit servers. So that's uh, just to, to begin with. Um, is there anything you you wanna add?
2: No, yeah, so as you mentioned, this vulnerability is like, uh, is basically found in many, many uh, popular applications. Um, I think the most popular would be Apache web server, which comes uh, with it. So it's puts in a risk many, many organizations. Uh, which have like a thousand servers uh, externally facing which can be exploitable like in very easy way mm-hmm.
0: okay so shahar can you maybe uh, elaborate on how was process like for evaluating if any of our customers might be impacted by it what did your team and you do to prevent it
2: so i think the first thing we tackled uh, we tackled this this incident in several approaches um like since, uh, since Thursday, um, we started proactive threat hunting over uh, the customer's environment, both from IOC's perspective, uh, where we integrated several uh, IOC sources to find like known IPs related to exploitation of this vulnerability and some ha- hunting methodologies to find like malicious, malicious uh, Java processes, which, uh, which executes arbitrary code on uh, user systems. Uh, the second main thing was to uh, export um, external facing servers that we see in our customers' environment because basically they are um, they're the main risk for the network uh, because once an attack if if it's uh, publicly publicly accessible and vulnerable for uh, the log for shell vulnerability, basically an attacker can um, take over the machine in a second and then, Start the lateral movement inside the network. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we try to uh, provide this visibility to our customers. Um, Another thing would be to um, develop detection uh, methodologies, which Guy will explain uh, shortly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's most of it, basically. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: So, yeah, I think this is a very interesting case. Um, What happens here is this, this vulnerability is so interesting because uh, what happens with logs, log4j is a package which is used for logging, is that in many cases in web servers, uh, you would normally log uh, information about uh, the request, for example, the URL which was requested, or the user agent, or many other aspects of the request, uh, and this makes this attack truly powerful because uh, if you look at a web, a web server, uh, there is a very large uh attack surface so I can comment uh something in the web server or I can just make a request and just see if it uh if it uh, creates uh, the execution um so uh let's talk a little bit about uh the detection here uh because we found this uh, extremely interesting uh, there were a couple of ways to uh, to look at this um Uh, we don't always have the actual logs uh, which are relevant for for this vulnerability. And we also, so then we looked at other ways to understand uh, whether or not there was an attack. Um, So uh, there were a couple of detections which we developed and are currently running in hundreds on our customers' environments. Um, the, The main detections that we created were based on correlation between different uh, data types. Um, so using our uh, unified schema uh, methods, uh, we basically, we're basically able to look at many different types of logs and try to correlate them with many other different kinds of logs. What we actually do is that we look at web server logs, uh, for example, uh, AWS WAF or IIS logs, and we search on many different fields, for example, user agent or URL, and we look for uh, identifiers of this attempt, attempted attack. Uh, what happens is that this may or may not correlate to an actual attack. That means that uh, an attacker in the cyberspace may try to access any uh any existing uh domain and try to attack. This doesn't actually mean the attack was successful, it doesn't mean that there was uh, this was logged using log4j, and the code was executed. So this is this is a an indicator that uh, a, uh, an execution may have may have uh, been uh, attempted and may have uh, run. Uh, but we want to to correlate this with more proof to actually show that an execution happened. So what we do is that we in two different uh, detections we try to correlate this. Uh, with EDR connections or, um, or with firewall uh, connections. So what we do actually is that we look at all of these uh, connections in the AWS WAF or, uh, or IS or, uh, or many different uh, web servers, logs, and we try to identify uh, when the attack was attempted, and then we try to extract the domain or the IP which would be accessed If the attack was successful, Uh, given that information, we can look at EDR at any EDR because of how hunters works and and uh, and look for uh, connections to that IP or to that domain Uh, so either by using a socket or using uh, creating a socket or either uh, due to a DNS request to that domain, Uh, we can also do that using firewall logs, uh, which we do with also many different types of firewalls,
1: uh, including also uh, AWS VPC, by the way. So I want to emphasize something here. So Guy uh, is talking about um, how we see uh, cross data sources uh, correlation is something really important in this incident. Um, But even before that, We took the approach or Shacher and Gaia led this approach that um, we're not gonna offer just one detection uh, mechanism, but uh, we're gonna try to uh, cover a lot of different areas that uh, typically uh, organizations have. So whether it's uh, WAF or endpoint logs or firewalls, uh, et cetera. And um, I think this is really important because uh, we know that visibility and uh, logs visibility is a, a big issue for everyone. So uh, even if EDR alone uh, can sometimes be uh, good enough for detection with, without a lot of noise, uh, maybe in this case, well, I, I'm not sure, maybe that can say later, but we know that uh, with our customers, they don't always have uh, EDR logs on all of their servers. Um, and typically, an organization has a lot of uh, on-prem or virtual appliance a software that they're hosting, but uh, actually is not fully in their control and they did not install an EDI agent on it. And so um, this was a really uh, important part of the the detection strategy is that we cover a lot of different data sources. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second part this guy uh, explained as well that it was important for us also to cross correlate between those data sources so we can um, not just give very noisy detections, but also um, yeah try and and we've already seen this with uh, with a couple of customers and detect uh, uh, real uh, real world uh, exploitations and not just uh, uh, the endless uh, scanners outside.
2: yeah, so if I can add about the complexity complexity of uh, of hunting these in only one data source so basically if you go to the EDR box, uh, and try to hunt for uh malicious um, processes that are spawned by java you can see like uh it's spawning everything uh from legitimate uh, bash scripts to um to uh outbound connections to external servers in many different protocols so it's very very hard to distinguish between what's malicious and what's not like i swear i saw some command line some command lines I was sure they were related to an attack by the, uh, eventually I understood they are legitimate. So it's very, very hard to understand whether it was the Rosen was attack from only R or if we look only the uh, on the firewall logs or on the WAF logs, um, we can, uh, as you mentioned, we can see like the inbound requests. And like in these days, you see many of it, mm-hmm. uh, the all intern- internet is being scanned. Um, so you that's not very actionable. So, like, what can I do if uh, someone scans thousands of uh, external facing servers I have? Like, how do I know what should I tackle first? So, I think the cross correlation um, to different data sources is necessary in this case. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I just have to say that it's fascinating that we have a Fred Hunter, a researcher and a technical product manager that we didn't plan it. This is what happened because you guys are the right people for the, for the job. But uh, it's really interesting that you have like different point of views for the same issue. So um, I want to move for like more of a practical uh, part. Um, we have a question by Mike. Uh, that uh, asked us, what would be the first thing that you recommend doing to make sure we are safe? Like what is the
2: first thing that we need to do? So like, uh, I'll take it. Um, I'll say that the mitigation steps would be, um, first of all, try to patch all the uh, applications that use that you know that use Log4j in your environment, starting from the external, ser- uh, external facing servers, which are, um, the most uh, risky ones. Um, If you have any log collectors on these devices, try to look for uh, log4j string inside Java command lines, which indicate this package is loaded by Java process. Um, In some command lines, I can say, uh, you can also see the right version. So if you see like a Java process with log4j uh, string in the command line um, and can attach the version to it, Which is between uh, 2.0 to 2.14. So, you know, this server is vulnerable. And uh, once you understand this external facing, uh, that's like um, the first uh, one you should give your attention to. So, I'd say, like, try to patch your
1: servers. Um, So, yeah, I would say, even before that, uh, I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but I think visibility, like the first thing you must do is, uh, is uh, list all of your servers that are open to the internet. Mm -hmm. And that's Yeah. And then, uh, as has said, from some of them, you would have uh, endpoint logs, and you can figure out, okay, are they running Mm -hmm. Java or not. Um, And some of them might look like and uh, yeah, this is very typical for for every organization, some of them would be black boxes for you. And uh, because we know we're we're not always uh, uh, completely on the clock with with visibility. So if you have any of those black boxes, go and find out uh, what they are and what they're running. Um, And use, I think, uh, tell me if you agree, use every data source that you have in your organization for this visibility uh, uh, scan.
2: Yeah, so if I may add two more advices, like um, you can if you can patch your log4j packages, you can like set off the uh, JNDI lookup, which is the vulnerable part in this package. Um, You can like uh, turn it off uh, by setting a uh, Java variable, variable which is uh, also um, listed in our blog post. Um, And the the third thing is uh, you cannot just update the Java. Um, so like in later Java versions, I don't remember exactly what's, what's the number of the, um, the safe Java version, but uh-huh. in, in later versions, Two, this also can be
1: excluded 2.10. I think you can, you yeah. can use the flag. Yeah. From 2.10. So app. that would be from my perspective. Yeah. Shaka, what do you think about, um, firewall rules or WAF rules? Um, are those effective? So I'll say that um, we saw that
2: from our perspective, we saw that WAF wars, uh usually um, catch these kinds of attacks, but um, from like few days ago already, we've seen um, specific strings that already bypass those WAF uh, um, solutions. So, um, and we also rely on the fact that the WAF will actually look at this uh, specific header, like um, how this exploit works is, it relies on um, the logging of the Java applications behind this WAF server. And if the attackers um, put the string, the malicious string of the exploit inside the header, that's not logged by the WAF, but it it is logged by the uh, Java application, then boom, you bypass the WAF. Um, so basically, uh, what Shahar
3: started saying is that uh, it's very it it may, it may be very effective uh, for the most part to put uh WAF rules to try to block this attack. But uh, this com- the community the sub- cyber security uh, uh, community is a is a very interesting community, and you'll see that people are just trying to find new and new uh, new and newer ways to bypass it and all the time you'll see that there are new ways that your old rules won't work for them and then and that means that you may block 99% of the attacks but if there are 1000 attacks every day uh then it's it's you'll probably get attacked pretty soon uh so the yeah. best way to uh, to actually defend is to update your uh, servers or uh, update your java or or whatever will actually make this attack impossible and not just
0: block it.
1: Yeah, what do you think about uh, a firewall rule for outbound communication? So trying to block uh, LDAP communication or IMI communications to uh, public IP from inside the organization, um, would that be effective? I know some exploits are using DNS, right? So it's very hard to block uh, an outbound DNS Mm -hmm. way. But yeah, we're saying those things are not uh they're important. Like you maybe they're not 100 percent covering you, but you should definitely do them as well. Because uh, we know patching is, is something that uh everyone is struggling with and can take time and new dependent on the on the vendor to release a patch for you. Yeah, um, so so
2: if I'll dive into the um the outbound connection to yeah. LDAP or uh, RMI or DNS server. So yeah, if you block DNS, you'll probably uh, get shouted by the IT manager because you are uh, causing a denial of service for some server. But uh, from our point of view, we've uh, we've not seen like uh, an extremely large. In case, what do you say?
0: Is it a real case that you were shouted by the IT manager?
2: <laughs> Not me, but uh, I can imagine uh, that people may be shouted. But like we, as, as much as we've observed, there there's no extremely high volume of uh, outbound LDAP requests. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you can like map all the uh, legitimate servers that's supposed to go outside to external uh, LDAP servers, and then block everything else it would be very, very um, um, efficient, so.
3: uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a lot of things that you can do here. Uh, It would, even if you block LDAP communication, I mean, it it can cause problems in your organization. Uh, I mean, there are things that are possible here, for example, uh, looking for LDAP communications in non-standard ports, which may be relevant. Uh, it, It may also be impossible for you actually identify ldap communication you'll you'll need a firewall which actually detects ldap under any port um cuz so, so do you need dpi for that or yeah exactly yeah okay exactly. yeah. oh, um so basically you can just use any firewall uh, to block um to, to block potential like executions of this vulnerability um in certain firewalls you may be able to use to use this functionality and uh i'll also note that uh we also created and will create more detections um, on this uh for this uh vulnerability another detection that we uh created and is running in hunters is uh is looking at anomalous connections to uh to ldap and rmi uh and exactly searching for for that mm-hmm. in our in the data of our customers
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, we actually look for that in uh, firewall logs and in case that our firewall and certain certain firewall f- firewalls do give this information the dpi information uh, we do search for LDAP in the packet even though it's not an LDAP port.
1: Yeah. Yeah so for customers who find it uh hard to block uh outbound uh LDAP or RMI or DNS well DNS not but yeah all of those um if they can't block it, uh, then they they need to rely on, on detection. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I want to raise um uh, like um how do you think uh this vulnerability would affect the cyber world mm-hmm. um like a month or a year from today? Because um if I look back on the um, exchange vulnerabilities that were disclosed in the past year, so we saw a massive increase in the attacks on the exchange servers uh-huh. and I can say we are seeing also using usage of these vulnerabilities even today even today if almost one year after they they published. So how do you think this vulnerability will will affect?
1: Uh, I, I think this case is, is uh, in many ways or some ways uh, much worse than the exchange vulnerabilities because this is not just one application this is endless numbers of of applications so I think yeah if if you're saying uh even today uh patching is still a problem and not everyone has uh, patched their servers then yeah if we're talking this is an endless number of applications so I don't know it's it's hard to say are, are, are we still talking about uh wings that was also was it this year? Or like, is that still a yeah. big thing as well? Um, I
0: think that alone, you, you, it might be scary to hear it like that, that it's much worse. But I think that what you mean that, um, this is like a cat and, and a mouse race that you always need to patch and patch and be aware of, uh, of the updates that happens regarding that.
1: Yeah, I think this is definitely like a very big thing happening, right? now like one of the most serious we've seen um and whether we're gonna still gonna deal with it in i don't know six months or so i, I don't know but right now it's huge and so it's affecting everyone
2: yeah i want to i want to actually raise like a, a really cool flow i uh i already already observed is when like a customer um did wasn't even triggered by the external attacker, but um, he was using like a vulnerable Java uh, application and triggered the outbound connection by himself accidentally. So you can see this, it can affect um, from not even, uh, you don't need the external server uh, Mm. surface. Um, It can only be triggered from the inside Uh of the external uh, malicious server. Like let's say, if I imagine, uh malicious uh, payloads will which will be sent uh to to employees by mail or uh, yeah. some crazy thing yeah. like that yeah and that's interesting so
1: yeah. so yeah the what you're saying basically is that the most obvious easiest uh, most accessible attack vectors will be solved hopefully uh quickly but then the the more like obscure yeah. rare attack uh, surfaces or the more complicated ones uh, will probably stay with us for a while
2: exactly yeah Exactly. I, I
1: remember i in my past i was doing uh penetration testing on on like uh, isolated networks and those are never patched like <laughs> yeah. there's there's yeah. always uh they're always uh, vulnerable so yeah. yeah so this is good. in in that way at least it's gonna stay with us for a while yeah and this is it's a bug in, in the infrastructure of yeah. software, right? Like, it's not like specific, it's like. Yeah. So Guy, how, how do you think we'd be
2: able to detect it like in the in the long term? Like, let's say that in a one month or two, uh, the external facing servers will probably be passed because of the high risk currently. But let's say, how can we tackle it in the long term? Uh,
3: so it it does depend on the information that we get from the customers. Uh, Visibility will be like will probably be a very interesting part here. So uh, we're not only when we're talking about internal networks, uh, we're not only talking about uh, about uh, what is actually being attacked right now. We're talking about what can be used for like lateral movement in the future if someone accesses your organization. So like for example, internal uh, internal uh, web applications could be vulnerable, like like you said, and that could actually uh, be a, a bigger issue right now if you have this this vulnerability so visibility into the versions of the packages that you have generally in your organization could be very interesting I mean it's relevant here and it can be relevant for other uh, zero days Um I think that that's uh, something that we see here how how easy it is how much easier it is to understand the risk when you have that data. Um, and we're also talking about uh, logs so it really when the more logs you have, the more versatile the, your ability is to uh, to look into these incidents. So if you have these uh, Java logs, you'll be yeah. able to just search for attacks. I mean, it, it would be so much easier if every organization had all of their logs in, in SQL, right? So you can just search for them. Uh, so I don't know how uh, the detection will look in a couple of months, but there are a lot of things that can be done, not only here, but in general, to allow uh, an organization to better be to be better prepared for such situations and to be better aware of what they need to update in order to yeah. uh, to, uh yeah, to fix their yeah. the situations. Another thing I want
0: to I want to ask a question, actually, um, I know that you've been looking on like different detection methods that uh, that you saw online from other security vendors. Um, what do you think about uh, the what? What is different like between an EDR uh, detection and uh, what we've talked about before?
1: Oh uh, wow, well, that's a that's a big question. Um, do you want me to take it or
2: so? Um, yeah. So as we uh, as we were talking, like the problem with EDR detection is to uh, to like sign on the on the malicious activity and differentiate this from the uh, legitimate uh, activity that uh is being done by java um, from my experience i saw java processes that um that as i mentioned before before they were doing anything uh, you can imagine uh like create outbound connections in um, obscure ports and uh, create malicious processes and run like uh, different types of scripts so um, I think that looking on it only from EDR perspective, um, is very, very hard and contextless, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, so I think that that's a different uh, differentiator in, in our case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also uh, like some, something that we do,
3: uh, like, uh, like we said, is that, uh, given our abilities to, uh, unify the schemas in different EDRs, for example, different firewalls, different uh, WAF, uh, different uh, uh, WAF-like uh, uh, applications. Uh, we we can write a logic, uh, a detection logic, and it will run on all of the EDRs. Um, and we can create a logic which correlates between WAF and uh, and EDR, and it will work on all WAFs and all EDRs. Uh, which is also uh, yeah. I think again. another
2: valuable source would be, as you mentioned, are the application logs, which mm. uh, which is basically like part of the attack because you know the log4j is a logger, so it <laughs> writes the exploit uh, to the log. So yeah, like that's the the single point of truth truth. Uh, yeah, there you can see if the attack was actually successful. Yeah. Um. So start con- collecting these logs. Um, usually they are uh, they are logged under a uh, var log on uh, Linux systems. huh. So
1: yeah, I think yeah, this relates to the previous question as well about the long term impact. Is that uh, we're talking about the importance of logs? And I remember during uh, since since I'm here in Hunters, we were collecting those huge amounts of of traffic logs and i I remember asking myself like what what is this good for? Um, and typically, yeah, they, they, these are not used so much, and uh, not the traffic logs and and not the uh, the even more interesting uh, so-called threat firewall uh, logs that we're uh, uh, receiving from our customers and uh, suddenly it makes sense, right? Like now everybody are talking, yeah. Thank God we have those huge amount of logs that we can we can search whether we've been uh, impacted and whether we're, we're vulnerable. So those logs that seemed um, useless, at least to me, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, now now we we understand how uh, important mm-hmm. it, is, it is that they're there. Yeah.
3: The the more types of logs you have from the more services you actually you can actually uh, look at and yeah you can look for more and more f- sophisticated attacks like we said we can correlate between many different types of logs and uh, that's only because
2: we actually collect everything yeah yeah so um as as we just uh said we like telemetry um uh, telemetry is the most important um use a lot of logs use a lot like big variety of logs uh from different perspective and approaches, location logs, endpoint logs, firewall logs, um, and try to correlate between them. That's the most important thing. Yeah.
0: So, so what would you say that uh, our strategy uh with dealing this for the long term would be?
2: Yeah. Um uh, you know? You...
0: Maybe not ours, <laughs> maybe like other companies.
1: So, yeah, we've talked a lot about um, um, urging the customers to collect as much logs as they can and as many types of logs as they can. Um, And uh, like I said earlier, we're using our own schema uh, to be able to write content on top of that, uh, that we we write the content once and it it works for all your your, uh, uh, different data types. Uh, But I think what is also important uh, that we we don't necessarily discuss a lot is that um, customers should be also uh, somewhat independent so that they don't uh, completely rely on our uh, content and on our uh, detections, which are great. (laughs) Um, But uh, we want to also be able to give customers, because at the end of the day, the customers know uh their environment uh the best and we uh in terms of the product from the product perspective we also want to give them uh the possibilities to write their own content whether it's visibility or, or detection um so that they know uh they're completely covered so from from my perspective it's yeah it's making sure they understand what we give them out of the box um, but also, uh, working with them to, to maximize, uh, what they can do themselves with the product to extend what we give them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You need like, I think the most, um, one of the important things is like, uh, don't react to these incidents, uh, mm-hmm. once like after they happen, like, uh, try to lower, uh, and narrow your attack surface, um, all the time. Uh, like map your external servers, uh, look for uh, legacy operations operating systems, um, look for um, known abused, uh, known attacked, uh, non attacked uh, authentication protocols. Like there are a lot of things you can do to make sure the next attacker, which target your network, will uh, will have a hard time uh, to do so.
1: Yeah, I'll maybe I'll just add um, that. Uh, not everything is uh is technology um and uh what we're seeing uh on our side is that yeah this is a really tough time for our customers and yeah it's also important for and I think this is part of why we're doing this Q&A and we're trying to keep in touch uh personally with our customers so yeah w- it's not only uh, giving the best content it's also uh, being there um, sharing our knowledge if we can help um, yeah and trying to do our best as well on on, on those perspectives as well and yeah especially as uh, uh, the the holidays are coming and uh, i think a lot of people now are uh, a bit uh, afraid that 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 might be somewhat uh, uh, damaged in a way, so yeah, we're we trying over here as well to do our, our maximum. Uh, it's been great to see the people in the office like working like crazy. Yeah. And yeah, it's really uh, tough in a way, but it's also, uh, also we have to like a bit exciting as well. Um, so I
2: see we have a question here. Uh, many organizations uh, do not keep firewall or WAF logs um, how how can they handle it? So um, I'll say uh, as I mentioned before, there are the Java application logs, which like in this kind of attack, will always uh, indicate that mm. there was a successful attack because part of the attack was the logging. So, so, there, so
1: there's always somewhere to go to look yeah, that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So try to collect all g all these uh, Java application logs. Um, as I mentioned before, usually they are under uh var log uh, directory mm-hmm. so uh i'll address you to these uh application logs if you don't have any network ones yeah.
1: this is true unless the attacker deleted the logs but yeah uh... <laughs> yeah but this is also a point that right now what we're seeing is mostly like uh amateur attacks we're not right we're not seeing like the super sophisticated uh attacks yet yeah and uh, you can also use log collectors
2: that um, you can can uh, ship these logs to uh, an external servers, yeah. and then you can avoid these yeah. kind of uh, erases But most
1: important thing is patching. Yeah, yeah. always patching is always. And
0: we will end it with that note that the yeah. most important thing is patching. I will take this opportunity to thank uh, Alon, Shahar, and Guy for sharing their insights with us. Uh, please feel free if you have any more questions to send it. To us either by mail or uh, on social media, and so please follow us on social media to stay up to date with the latest uh, research findings and look for Shell updates Uh, have a great rest of the day, and thank you everyone. Thank Thank you. you.